Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets for the official podcast account. Thanks for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's podcast, we have some updates from around the NHL, including a very surprise NHL head coaching change that, you know, was a bit overdue, but the replacement option... Yeah, I have some thoughts about it and ultimately what it reflects on as maybe a statement on how the league views coaching talent and what it could mean for maybe the Jets looking at their own head coaching change at some point. I'll also give some very brief thoughts on some highlights I managed to catch from last night's Winnipeg versus Minnesota game. I did not get to watch the whole thing because I was at a concert. Sorry, sorry. But, you know, I did catch some highlights and was able to get some recaps and stuff, and uh, there's some interesting thoughts I have on how the Jets play uh, at times versus, you know, the rest of the season, right? They have these random games where they're actually pretty darn good, and then the rest of their outings are kind of a mess. So we'll see how that goes, but I am probably most excited for our very last segment. Uh, This one's going to be totally off the the beaten path. We're going to be reviewing some of the top footy scrans from the footy scran uh, Twitter account, which if you haven't seen, they always find the best and worst scrub from around plenty of football pitches across the world. Mostly England, but a few uh, elsewhere in Poland, maybe the Czech Republic, all that good stuff. So stay tuned for a jam-packed episode of this Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this exciting, jam-packed episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. We're kicking off tonight's episode with uh, the very surprising but also not surprising news that uh, Dominic Ducharme has been let go by the Montreal Canadiens. Now, that part isn't surprising. What is surprising is who they've announced as the replacement coach. Marty San Louis. That is one of the more unexpected uh, signings I could imagine. I don't even know if he was even rumored uh, to even be linked to the team. I'm not sure if he's been a candidate recently, but, you know, despite not really having any NHL head coaching experience or even pro-level managerial experience, period, they have opted for him because I think, you know, you've, you've got a, a guy who's probably a local hero. He has been a player previously, and it's not like he doesn't have any coaching experience at all, but, you know, what I, I kind of see out of this is very odd to me. I think they're looking for like a player motivator, somebody who can raise the morale, um, a reliable name to get the fans in the stands. This for me, you know, you're looking at a move that is probably driven by an emotional appeal, which I I get it. You know, I understand that in many ways it actually makes sense for a team like the Habs that are honestly probably at one of the lowest points in this team's history. It really hasn't been much worse very often. I don't know in terms of like the standings if they've been worse than this previously, but only getting eight wins across the entire season so far is pretty dire. So, you know, San Luis probably can't do a lot worse. Um, But 
my problem with this whole thing is you're looking for a guy who can step in and bring stability to a team, or at least get the team back on track, right? Uh, emotionally especially. But if you have a guy who doesn't really have a lot of coaching experience at a very high level, and you're asking him to try and bring some kind of morale boost and even some structure or rigidity to a team that desperately needs it, I don't know why you would opt for somebody who really doesn't have that level of experience. The Habs are in danger of trashing the development of some of their younger players, and you really can't afford to be wasting a lot of time trying to find some sort of candidate who may not really be all that qualified. I'm not saying that a caretaker manager would really be a significantly better option. Like, if the option is between San Luis and Randy Carlisle or something, I guess San Luis would be more intriguing because we already know that Carlisle probably won't be getting very good results. By the same token, though, you know, the, the the team is in such down spirits and has had such a horrible year. I don't know if this is really going to be the antidote, you know. You, you would expect at least some level of stability and strategical rigidity to be injected into the team with an interim manager, especially for a squad that is as disorganized and chaotic as Montreal is. I think they really need that practice system stuff to get back on track. I mean, I don't know what Ducharme was doing, but it seemed like there was a lot of confusion on the team, a lot of chaos, and players really did not know what they were doing. So if I'm Montreal, would I really want to be taking this much of a risk on a guy who does not really have that much of a coaching resume to come in and try and resuscitate the team? I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit chaotic, a little bit risky, but at least the philosophy is kind of interesting. As far as how the Jets would approach a similar situation, you know, they have to figure out what they're doing um, with Dave Lowry, whether they're intending to make him the full-time coach or not. I would lean towards that not really being the case. I think they definitely need to be recruiting somebody with a more proven track record, at, at least in some level or capacity. I don't know that I'm super in love with the idea of like an NCAA coach. I think college hockey is a demanding uh, level of play, obviously, but it differs in enough areas to where I think you still have to look for a pro-level coach. Again, I'm very much advocating for Mark Morrison to maybe get a look at some point. You know, you, you give him at least a half a season to a season, see if he can try and reproduce some of his effectiveness with a moose. Manitoba just keeps winning, so I, I feel like Morrison might have unlocked maybe some kind of a secret formula that would actually work for the Jets. If Winnipeg goes externally, you know, of course, I'm not really looking for like a Carlisle type but there would at least have to be a candidate out there somewhere that could bring a really good pro-level experience to this team because I think the Jets really need that organization. Winnipeg, while certainly nowhere near as bad as Montreal is, has some, uh, you know, somewhat similar issues in terms of, like, miscommunication and disorganization. So maybe, you know, a really veteran presence can come in and kind of work with the guys to get them back on track. I don't really know how to work around this because a lot of the veteran coaches tend to not be very good. So you need somebody progressive and exciting, but you also need a level of stability that the Jets right now don't really have. Bringing in somebody like San Luis, though, would not be my first choice is what I would probably go with. So on that on that note, I think that's a very clear and obvious thing for me. It's interesting for the the Habs, I guess. It, it'd be awesome if it actually worked out because I don't know that we've ever really seen something like this. Players have been appointed coaches in the past, and usually it doesn't go all that well, but 
you know, somebody who was just coaching like triple A level hockey recently and, you know, hasn't actually been retired all that long when you think about it, taking over such a proud and historical team as the Habs is kind of funny. So we'll see how it pans out. I'm very curious to know what exactly results from this experiment. And if somehow it actually works out, maybe the rest of the league will take some notes and think about looking a little bit beyond the usual five coaches it keeps hiring and firing in the same cyclical process every season. If nothing else, it's fresh and new, right? Now, I referred to the Jets earlier being a little bit disorganized, but apparently in last night's game uh, that I've only been able to catch some highlights and recaps of, it actually looked like a very different team out there. We'll talk about what stood out from the, the footage I was able to garner and what it might mean for at least the next couple of weeks. But before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs, especially as we near the Super Bowl and the back half of this NHL season. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vezina trophy? Log into betonline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with betonline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While I've got your attention, also make sure to check out our wonderful Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL, a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed right now. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe today so you don't miss a single moment of this incredible Olympics. Last night, which will actually be two nights ago by the time that you are hearing this, uh, we uh, had a game against the Minnesota Wild, which I didn't really know what to expect. Unfortunately, this was one of the few games that I had to miss just because, you know, had some scheduling things and went to a concert, so I mostly caught up on the highlights and, and recaps and stuff. And let's be real, a lot of this footage tends to be a little bit focused on individual moments rather than the more holistic picture of a game. That said, you know, the extended highlights and stuff kind of showed me a couple of interesting trends. Uh, you know, the first one was that through the first period and a half or so, maybe the first two periods, it actually seemed like Winnipeg was doing okay defensively. Um, it seemed like the back end was cycling well. They were able to make relatively clean zone exits, which you always like to see, especially with control. And then when it came to defending the goal mouth area, it seemed like Winnipeg did an okay job. I didn't see as many extremely high dangerous chances, which, you know, the Jets have a habit of giving up in front of Hellebuck, a lot of really dangerous central slot area stuff. This time, though, it seemed like Minnesota was more forced out to the wider areas, which for the Jets is usually a pretty okay thing. If you have Hellebuck's size and, and skill at marking out some of those um, sharper angle stuff and really uh, near post kind of shots, you're typically living pretty well because Hellebuck usually swallows those up without much issue. The only thing that he does have a habit of doing is kind of kicking out those rebounds into dangerous areas, but this time it seemed like he was very composed. 
I thought in net he looked very confident. Uh, on a lot of his saves, he wasn't moving a lot. There weren't many overcommitments. He didn't have to adjust position very often. And when a hard shot kind of came to him, he just seemingly swallowed it up without much issue. I don't know if it was just the, the shot placement and location was easier for him to grab and pick up. Maybe that uh, game or so off kind of gave him some time to rest and focus and get trained up again. But he looked to be in pretty darn good form, and there were some very difficult deflections later in the game uh, and a couple of penalty opportunities that, you know, Minnesota had some good shots, and he had to be pretty sharp and wise to him. So I, I liked his performance. It seemed like it was pretty darn good, and he actually got a 27-save shutout, which is pretty darn nice. I like the shot count, too, because it shows that the Jets weren't giving up all that much, relatively speaking. You know, obviously, when you have a lead, sometimes your opponent's going to chase pretty aggressively, but to keep it at 27 shots against for 60 minutes of hockey, that's not bad at all. Offensively speaking, a lot of the highlights showed the Jets creating a ton on odd man situations. The one thing that is noticeably disappointing and that continues to be an issue is that this team just cannot finish. Uh, it's kind of funny because it used to be the opposite way around where the Jets really would not create anything, but maybe on the three shots a game that they got, they somehow converted on all of them. This time, though, the shooting percentage is really depressed, and you would expect it to kind of rebound at some point, but I don't know. It's very odd. It's it's partly due to the roster, partly due to some guys just underperforming, maybe some misfortune. Other times, I kind of feel like the way that they play odd man situations, it's not always ideal. Sometimes they maybe overpass a little bit, they overthink it, Maybe they delay just a little bit too long, and the goalie has an easier read. I also just think that there have been some fantastic saves made against them. Kakinen seemed like he was very dialed in against the Jets. Um, and the only times that he really cracked were a couple of opportunities that maybe deflected off the post or something and just barely missed going in. And then, of course, Shifley's goal was a little bit of a strange one. It's kind of funny because it was a power play goal on a one-timer, and Shifley didn't even seem to get the full contact he was looking for. This is probably one of his softer one-timers in a while, and maybe the slight off-key pace of the puck kind of caught Kakinen by surprise because it sort of like deflected up and over his shoulder, which you don't really see very often. Uh, one of the more strange goals that Shifley has scored, but you take it, and it ultimately was enough for the Jets to win the game. Schmidt, of course, added a late-game empty netter to make it 2 nothing and give the Jets the, the shutout win, which we all love to see. Now, is something like this sustainable? Unfortunately, I have a hard time seeing that right now. I, I, I think the Jets are kind of in this phase of being able to play some very good hockey against a couple of very strong teams, but these squads are maybe a little bit slower than some of the top-end talents that are out there. And, you know, the Wild and Blues both have a more physical, heavier brand of hockey versus the Avs, which are just constant pace and offense for, you know, the full 60 minutes. So I think the way that the, that the, uh, the Jets are playing right now might be more suited to those kinds of teams. Once Winnipeg starts facing the better NHL cream of the crop stuff, I think you kind of see what exactly the Jets are still struggling with, especially with the new absences. But as far as like a, a one-off game is concerned, I think you can take a, a happy little win here and there. It's like a, a nice little break from the, well, frankly, painful hockey the Jets have been playing for the past couple of months. It's at least a break from the monotony, right? So you take a nice little win, you end Minnesota's win streak at six games, you keep the uh, the vibes at least a little bit higher than usual, and maybe you give a chance for 
guys like Vili Heinola to really impress. I think Heinola just continues to grow into an offensive role. And as far as I'm concerned, that's what I really want to see is the continued development of our prospects. And hopefully this is a chance for them to really show that they have a, a future and a place with this team and that the team can successfully evaluate what they have so that when the offseason rolls around, this team is prepared to make really good decisions and ultimately come out on the winning end. Winnipeg will be playing more hockey, quite a bit of it actually, over the next several days. So stay tuned for more of our wonderful Locked On Jets coverage as we continue to watch Winnipeg hopefully survive this stretch and make it through. We'll see if they can climb back up the standings or if this is probably where the season ends. Who knows? We'll stick around and find out, so stay tuned. That will do it for the hockey side of things, and now I kind of wanted to go off-topic and really talk about something super fun that I think a lot of folks have been catching on to recently, and that is footy scram. If you have no idea what any of these words mean, stick around and you'll find out in just a little bit. Before talking about food, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why rockauto.com should be your number one choice for all of your automotive part needs. Before we go any further, I thought you should hear about why rockauto.com is the best place to buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you'll always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some thoughts and reviews of uh, some of the most recent and top dishes that Footy Scran has found on Twitter. Now, Footy Scran refers to food that's basically served at most football pitches. This is a, a chance to kind of see some traditional European food for the most part. There are some American and North American entries that do make the list, but I tend to find like the European scram to be very like starch heavy. Uh, there are some very good looking ones, but the first one that we're going to go with, which is their most recent entry, and this one is actually pretty funny, but uh, at Sheffield United, you have the Balti Pie, which is usually like a curry stuffed little baked pastry. This one, I think, got nuked by the sun. It looks horrendous. Uh, it's apparently four pounds, which is like, I don't know, six to seven dollars. Yeah, you would be better just never touching this thing, even for a dollar or two. I, I would not pay money for this at all. The caption said, I'd be surprised if the person trying to eat this has any teeth left, which I would agree with. It looks very darkened. It does not look like an appetizing curry pie. Yeah, this one gets a hard, hard pass from me. They ask if you scran it or not, and this is a very much not a scran. You contrast that with what uh, Wimbledon has, and they've got this steak pie, mash, peas, and gravy combo, which, if you've never really seen one of these, it's a very traditional English meal. Um, the pie is very well composed, it looks like. Got some nice crushed black pepper on the crust. The peas are properly smashed and look pretty okay. The mashed potatoes are fine as well, and it's all covered in a pretty tasty-looking beef gravy, so I feel like for nine quid, this is a pretty good deal. I see a lot of complaints in the comments about the pricing for a lot of this stuff. Like 10 quid is usually seen as very expensive, which 
I don't know if like just as a hockey fan or something, I'm almost desensitized to it because like American concessions always strike me as very expensive. So like 13 or $14 for like a whole meal that looks like it would probably just sit in your stomach for the entire match. I don't know if I could really complain about that, to be honest. This one, though, apparently uh, from first-hand reviews is very good, so I say this one gets a scran. We dig it. From the American side of things, uh, at the USA versus Honduras match the other night, they had a beef kafta, which is like a, almost like a, like a smashed meat uh, rolled into a sausage with some vegetables and stuff. This one looks like it's coated in a yogurt sauce and has like some pepper and onions on the side. For $16, this seems very expensive. Um, it is pretty big, though, it seems. They've got some plastic knives as like a size comparison, and looking at it again, it is kind of like a hulking, big, round thing, so maybe it actually is pretty good. It looks like it's been grilled well, and it might be very tasty, but given the price, I, I would have to lean against scranning this. I gotta say no scran for now, especially given some of the value propositions that you probably find at a stadium elsewhere. The last one we're going to touch on is a rib roll with uh, what they said extras, which I think is just extra shaved like pork meat or something on the side. And it's covered in, um, I can't really say the name because it would not be very uh, clean episode friendly, but it's a holy crap hot sauce, uh, which is just coated all over the sandwich. This looks like a really good pulled pork sandwich. I think most people are accustomed to like a, uh, a pulled pork barbecue in the U.S. This has a very similar vibe. Um maybe like a Carolina style almost. The hot sauce looks very red, maybe some habanero in there. For 10 quid, considering how much meat and stuff is in this package, it looks pretty tasty, and it sounds like from first-hand accounts, it's very good. I would be down for this. I say you scran it. Let's go. We've talked a lot about footy scran, but I'd be curious to know what you think about uh, hockey concessions. Having been in Winnipeg, I kind of thought the idea of getting like pierogies at a game was actually pretty fun. They weren't half bad. I wouldn't say that they were great. Uh, and of course, the Jets are always known for like the Jets dog, which ugh, not really a fan of, to be honest. I'd be curious to know what your favorite uh, concessions are, though. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Maybe we'll do another hockey concessions episode at some point. We did it ages ago and it was a ton of fun. But now, you know, with the pandemic, things have changed. So maybe the menus have as well. And there's something to draw you back in to those very cold, very wonderful arenas. For tonight's episode, though, that is all the time that we're going to have. Thank you so much for listening and making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to also make Locked on Bets your second listen, your number one source for all of your betting needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Locked on Bets, available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe today. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.